As you heard Eileen mention in the newscast, uh, first day of school for a lot of kids. And we know um, some of the older kids going back to school, starting school as well. And, um, you know, heading off to post-secondary education, starting that journey. Uh, on top of starting a new school and moving away from home, many students becoming financially independent for the very first time in their lives. And it's uh, interesting that, you know, when you take a look at what's happening with inflation, with the uh, the rising cost of living, that they're going to have to deal with this as they head out into the world. So I'm not sure about you, but when I uh, trucked off to college there many, 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 many years ago, I was pretty much left on my own devices, right? It didn't go very well for me financially. Um, and that, you know, there was a lot of fallout from that in the uh, in the years afterwards when I started working. I wish I had known a lot more going in and had stuck to a better financial plan. How about you? What did it look like for you? So to get some advice for those uh, getting into school right now, going into post-secondary school right now, we've dialed up uh, Frida Richer, a licensed insolvency trustee with Grant Thornton Limited. Hi, Frida. Welcome to the show. Well, hi, Shailene. Good afternoon. How are you doing today on this first well, day of September? Hard to believe we're already September 1st. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when you headed off to, to, to college, to university, and remembering what that was like? Well, I certainly remember my, you know, especially the first years of post-secondary uh, studies of, of having very limited funds mm-hmm. and, and, and having to rely on my student loans as well as some savings built up from working over the summer and the months leading up to day one of, of, of school. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty tough, pretty yeah. tough knowing that, you know, you had limited funds in your in your bank account. And wrapping your head around that and uh, thinking, hey, oh my gosh, what am I going to do about that? Do I take a job? Do I do you know do I apply for loans scholarships you know what I'm curious to know um, going into it right now because we've been talking about it as you know as as parents as homeowners about the higher cost of living and inflation how is that affecting uh, kids heading into post-secondary education right now well, I think that, and you've mentioned them. I mean, you know, we, students are dealing with that 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 stress associated with adjusting to higher learning in the first place, and the challenges of the coursework that comes with post-secondary studies. So now you throw in, you know, with with this inflationary environment, our weakened purchasing power. So students with limited funds, really, their dollar isn't going to stretch as far as you know it used to, uh, and it's a challenge as a student because there are bound to be more expenses than anticipated for you know things like extracurricular activities maybe it's you know sports memberships uh, maybe it's costs associated with social events which you know some students might consider to be important to just maintain you know their mental health and and they're also dealing with the isolation especially if they've moved away from home for the first time and in our new surroundings so um, the rising cost of living certainly adds this additional layer of a stressor to students and you know well, we've certainly seen that and, and heard about you know students trying to find housing and, and and the problem that that has been the rental market right now especially across the capital region that mm-hmm. is, is a big one as well 
That's right. And I always say, you know, there's power in numbers. So, you know, for a student collaborating with others, when it, especially when it comes to rent and food, so having roommates, you know, can consider sharing or swapping meals or, you know, cooking in bulk with others to save you time and money. You know, that's just, you know, one tactic you can use when, when really we know the, 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 the cost of rent is up there. You know what, I think, uh, you know, let's uh, get into a few um best practices let's put it this way and and you know for you know the students but maybe for the parents certainly who are listening as well that can have the conversation maybe uh, to the kids as well i wish i had um learned how to budget much much earlier uh, than I ever did. And I, I wish I learned how to budget when I went to college. Having a budget and following it, gosh, that's important. It's the fundamental first step, Shailen. You know, it sounds simple, but it's tough to execute. And you're right. It's got to be taught earlier. And, and teaching your kids as early as when they receive their $5 a week allowance to actually get them to budget and to understand that concept early on certainly sets them up for greater success as young adults. But yeah, creating a budget and sticking to it. That's the other part of it. Uh, because if you don't know where your money's going, it's going to be really tough to to not run out of funds at the end of the week or at the end of the month so budgeting is budgeting is really key and you know what it doesn't have to be like old school like how my uh, my stepmother planned out a budget for me on a big old sheet of paper <laughs> right like in different colors and arrows going everywhere which yeah apparently I was colorblind as well Frida but um, you know there's all sorts of apps that can help you right now absolutely yeah I mean not that there's anything wrong with using you know a piece of paper I mean the goal is still the same uh yeah lots look students are all always on the go and you've got to make budgeting work for you as a student on the go so budget apps you can download onto your mobile device or tablet so that you can keep budgeting top of mind but you know it doesn't have to be techy you can use the basic envelope method you, you you might have heard of that will serve the same purpose where you have like these blank envelopes assigned categories of spending mm -hmm. to each envelope with a fixed amount of cash once the cash is gone in that in that envelope no money left done. no more spending it's done you know one of the things that uh, our boys did uh, certainly our, our oldest one was you know go through every possibility of what kind of scholarship uh, whatever that he could apply for and it was amazing um, what was out there that's that's something that kids should be looking at Oh my goodness, when my daughter uh, started, before she started university, she alerted me to this binder of, of, of mm -hmm. scholarships available. And, and so you've got to check out your university or, or you know the scholarship pages, check with the studentaid.alberta.ca website. Most people focus on the big ticket scholarship items like entrance or renewable scholarships, but there are likely plenty of small scholarships mm -hmm. and grants you might have missed. Though they may require a grade requi uh, um, a requirement, Some just ask that you are enrolled in a specific program so you know if it's at five hundred dollars that 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 can go a long way so definitely it's worth investing the time to seek out the scholarships for sure um and, and again i think for most of us right now we're taking a closer look at how we shop i mean i think i lived on on um noodles when i was in, when i was in in college <laughs> or mac and cheese yeah mac and cheese and you know that sort of thing and you know becoming a bit more of a prudent shopper and and shopping on those days when there's when there's sales and if i remember correctly there used to be student discount days as well 
and there still are. I mean, you're right. Be frugal and be proud. Just get at this stage in your life, get in the swing of being a prudent shopper, money-wise consumer. It's okay to be tight-fisted with your money because chances are your friends will be in the same boat. So be deliberate with using student discounts. Um, ask around if you go to a coffee shop. I mean, mm-hmm. some places don't post the store di- discount for students. But it doesn't hurt to ask if you can get, you know, 2 to 5% off or a free coffee perhaps. But, yeah, be, be really prudent with the way you shop. Just and challenge yourself to be disciplined in that way so that you can always look for opportunities to save. And so one of the challenges, of course, for a lot of kids, and, um, you know, I, I certainly went through it many, 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 many years ago as well, graduating from college, my brother graduating from uni- university and having a mountain of debt to try to climb out of. Um, what, what's the best way to tackle that? Yeah, and, and so I think that, you know, if you've got student loans, you, you will understand and know that once you graduate, you will be expected to pay that back. Where, where, and, you, and you will hopefully be prepared with that, with, with having that steady flow of income from a job. Now, where it becomes a challenge is if there is debt acquired as a student, like a credit card or a student line of credit, and you're adding that layer, that extra layer on top of your debt. And really, you know, what you do is firstly rework your budget. Rework your budget. Hopefully you have a steady flow of income from employment and, 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 and see how much cash you can free up to pay that debt down aggressively. Now, if it doesn't fit within your budget, then it's really best to seek advice so that you, you can understand all options. Does student debt impact credit scores? If you don't pay it back, if you are not diligent with paying it back, it can affect your credit, yes. Mm. Absolutely. You yeah. know what, Frida, lots of great information there, not only for uh, students uh, heading off to post-secondary, but I think for a lot of other folks listening, uh, for a, lo- a lot of other folks that are listening as well. You had mentioned those credit card debts, and we're almost out of time here, and I think that's uh, one of the things, if I look back and wish that I had never ever got messed up with 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 not having enough money to come in one of those low rate or whatever credit cards were offered up and i took it thinking it was free money ah whatever it's just free money um and i learned the hard way pretty quickly about that one Mm-hmm. No, and that and that is something as an insolvency trustee. When I hear adults now telling me the reasons why they are insolvent, it is overuse and of, of uh, or overextension of credit and 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 money mismanagement. It's mm-hmm. the way they viewed that use of credit. Credit isn't a bad thing, no. but it, it's being able to manage it yes. and managing the debt. Yeah, a lot of great advice there, Frida. Thank you for joining okay. me this afternoon. Look forward to talking oh. to you again sometime. You're welcome. Yeah. Take care. Take care, Frida Richard okay. joining. Uh, she is a partner with Grant Thornton Limited here in Edmonton, a licensed insolvency trustee. If you have kids, uh, you know, heading off to university, nieces, nephews, grandkids, lots of things there to keep in mind. What about you when you, if you went off to uh, post-secondary school, trade school, college, university, whatever it was, what did that look like for you? I think for a lot of us, right, we were juggling jobs. We were trying to figure out, uh, you know, were we going to take a job while we were still going to school? All of that was a bit of a challenge.